It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton got a good one for you today as the Dubs have added three new players to the roster. One familiar face, two new ones. We got some summer league action as well that I want to talk about. And there's a situation with a former warrior that I find pretty humorous. I think you might too. That's all coming up next. You're on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Been a crazy couple days of free agency. I mean, it's honestly hasn't even been two full days. And it's just been a lot to take in. But the craziest part is it's barely, I'm, I'm recording this Tuesday night, barely been two full days. And, man, Monday night watching uh, Summer League, like I was not ready to watch Summer League. I was still just taking in everything that happened in free agency. I wasn't ready to watch basketball. But I did. Because that's what we do. All right. Um, but, yeah, it's been wild. We're still waiting to see what happens with Kawhi. And... You know, we'll get to it more later, but man, I I don't want him to go to the Lakers, but the Lakers screwed themselves if he doesn't pick the Lakers. You know what I mean? And even if he does pick the Lakers, they're going to have an impossible time filling that roster with competent players, but they might not need competent players if you have AD, LeBron, and Kawhi. Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the Warriors. They made a couple of moves in free agency the last uh, couple days. The biggest one was they re-signed Kevon Looney three years, $15 million, with a player option on the third year. And the reason why it's the biggest is because, oh, well, that's not a lot of money, whatever, three years, this or that. The bottom line is once they made that D'Angelo Russell trade and were hard-capped, they weren't going to be able to pay him much more than $5 million. I mean, they they could do some things where they move people around, try and trade some players, 
and then spend that money. They could have potentially asked Clay to take a little less than his max, which I don't think he was interested in doing. So they barely had enough money to give Kevon Looney, but they were able to work it out $5 million a year uh, for three years. Like I said, third year is a player option. So if he's worth more or whatever, he can opt out and get more, which I think will happen. As long as he stays healthy and continues to play the way he has, I think the Warriors will gladly pay him after two years. It was just a situation where they could only pay him this much. But if you also look at the market, it's kind of in line with what a lot of other centers got. Ennis Cantor signed with the Celtics, two years, $10 million. Rashawn Holmes signed with the Kings, two years, $10 million. And there's outliers, of course. Uh, Brooke Lopez, Dwayne Dedman got a lot more money. But for his position, and I know he's... Technically a backup, but he's pretty much their starter. He plays the most important minutes at the five spot. He's he's more than a backup, but that's what backup centers have been getting is right around $5 million. So either way, it's a great deal for the Warriors, especially because once they got hard capped and it became a question whether they were going to be able to get him back or not, that was the one that was going to put it over the edge for me. Like maybe it wasn't worth it to go get D'Angelo Russell if you can't bring Kevon Looney back for a number of reasons. Good player, all that stuff, obvious the obvious stuff on the court. But for the most part, the thing is, he's the only player that they've been able to draft and develop. Everyone else they've drafted has not really worked out. But on top of that, they're going with a, a youth movement, so to speak. A, a developmental season, if you will. And the thing is, he's only 23, and he's the only player that they've got that has worked out at his age. You know what I mean? So to lose a 23-year-old starting center, your 23-year-old best center, would have been a huge hit. And I'm just I'm ecstatic that they didn't lose him. And now if you look at it as once Clay gets healthy, the starting five of Steph, D'Angelo Russell, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney, it's a good-looking lineup. It's obviously not the same as having KD out there and letting Clay play at the two spot. Like, there's definitely going to be adjustments. But this is the life in the NBA, and that's something I'm going to talk about later. Like, man, we have lived a charmed last, what, six years? Something like that. However long it's been with Steve Kerr, five years, five straight finals, whatever the hell it's been. It's been charmed. It's been awesome. But this is the real NBA. And we're starting to see it, and I know a lot of Warriors fans, I know the ones I'm talking to that listen to Locked On Warriors, know what it's like when your team is terrible, because we have been there. We saw it firsthand with the Warriors for, oh, I don't know, 30 years. So, this is the life in the NBA, you know? You, you go out there and you get players who, they might not fit your system, but if it's the best player out there, like a D'Angelo Russell, well, then we're going to have to make some changes. And one of the changes that they also made is they went out and got another center who does, he fits no matter what. But one of his strengths is something that the Warriors don't do a lot of, but they're going to have to make that change next year because D'Angelo Russell does it too, and that's run, pick, and roll. And the center I'm talking about is Willie Cauley-Stein, which I am, I'm jacked up about getting Willie Cauley-Stein. I can't even lie. 
Like I've watched them the last four years in Sacramento. I watch a lot of Sacramento Kings games because they're, you know, our our neighbors to the north, north east, however you want to say it. Uh, but Willie Cauley Stein, he is one of the most athletic centers in the NBA, if not the most athletic. He is a great pick and roll center, which will be a nice duo with him and D'Angelo Russell. Even once they re-signed Kevon Looney, they were going to need at least one more center. And that center spot was looking thin as far as remaining free agent centers go. My list of remaining free agent centers uh, for the Warriors before they signed Willie Cauley-Stein, so Willie Cauley-Stein was part of it, was Sheik Diallo, Epe Udo, Greg Monroe, Boban Marjanovic, and Costa Kufis. And, look, I like Costa Kufis. Greg Monroe had some good years when he was younger. Terrible defender. Uh, you know, Epe Udo, I know we all got a soft spot for him. I think he could get more playing time than he does get in Utah. But still, the the spot was thin. I was nervous. But they're able to get Willie Cauley-Stein, which surprised me also because he turned down. Well, he didn't turn it down. They offered, they gave him the qualifying offer, which was over $6 million. But he publicly said he did not want the Kings to, to make him a qualifying offer. He didn't want to be with the Kings anymore. So they rescinded the offer, and he was an unrestricted free agent. And regardless of what happened with the Warriors, even if KD came back, Willie Cauley-Stein's a guy I've had my eyes on for the Warriors for a long time. He is of the... Clint Capella, JaVale McGee mold. He's going to be finishing lobs. He's going to be running the floor. He's a better perimeter defender than JaVale. Probably not as good as a, a rim protector as JaVale, uh, but he's going to be fun to watch. He's going to be a major part of this team, and it's a huge get for the Warriors. And it's not just because of how good of a player he is, but it's because they got him for cheap. They needed to do that because of the hard cap but also he fits this youth movement that they're going with moving forward. We heard about it last year, and that was just a, a, a straight-up lie to our face. They didn't go with a youth movement at all. They they went with as many old players as possible. This year, they are going all out with the youth movement. Ten of the 13 players on their roster are 27 and younger. Uh, and the 27-year-old is Alfonso McKinney. So you could also say that Nine out of the 13 on the roster right now are 26 and younger. And you might be doing the math saying that's one too many players. I don't have that many. They also signed Glenn Robinson the third today to a two-year deal with a player option on the second year, I believe. He, theoretically, I like him. I mean, I had my eye on him last year. He's 6'6", 220, versatile, has had some success shooting the three, been inconsistent. I think he's only played about 70 games over the last uh, two seasons, so health permitting, he could be a major piece or a contributor at least. But I don't know. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. I do want to go over the roster because of these additions. This roster is almost full, but there's still some wiggle room, and we're gonna do that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Just went over some of the new signings for the dubs. One old face, one familiar face, couple uh, new faces. Looney re-signed three for 15. Willie Cauley-Stein signs one year just above the minimum, which we'll see what happens next year. The thing is, with his youth, and I like him so much, I could just be wrong about how good he is. But, man, he's a guy I'd like to keep around with his squad for a while because even without them running a bunch of pick and roll, he is the JaVale McGee type of vertical spacer, finisher, etc. that the Warriors haven't had since JaVale. And uh, so, anyways... Doesn't matter. He's a warrior this year. And then Glenn Robinson III, who I also mentioned, uh, has signed as well. I want to go over the roster real quick and just how they're filling it out because it's getting close to full, but there's also some wiggle room as far as, you know, the, the finished product. So we'll go through positions, I guess. At point guard, we got Steph, Jacob Evans, and Quinn Cook. Shooting guard, we got Clay, D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Poole. And yes, Clay counts as one of the roster spots. Uh, they're, they're really stringent on the disabled player exception. So Clay's going to be taking up a roster spot even when he's out. So that's six so far. We got Alfonso McKinney, Glenn Robinson, small forwards. Still got to add at least one more, I'd say. But that's eight. Draymond Green, Eric Pascal at power forward. That is 10. And then we got Willie Cauley-Stein, Kavon Looney, and Damian Jones at the center. That's 13. You can carry up to 15. You have to have at least 13. The Warriors carried 14 last year, leaving that one spot open because of the luxury tax. They're going to leave at least one spot open, I would imagine, because of the hard cap, just to have some wiggle room in case anything happens. If... If the numbers work out that way, they may have to just carry 14 because they have no room to add anyone. The hard cap, I mean, it is, it's, there's no wiggle room. You, you're, you're either under the hard cap or, well, you're under the hard cap. There's no option to go over it. You're, you're screwed. You're cutting players if you're not under the hard cap. So that's 13 players so far, but I mentioned some wiggle room where Quinn Cook, Still a restricted free agent. There's been rumors about teams being interested because the Warriors can't really pay him anything more than they already have because of the hard cap. So if a team comes in, offers him two, three million dollars a year, Warriors got nothing. They have to let him walk, which would suck. But at the same time, I'd be happy to see Quinn get a bigger role somewhere else because I thought he deserved a bigger role last year and... You know, he didn't get it. And then they're asking him to to come in and try and save them in the finals. So, anyways, Quinn Cook, he's a restricted free agent. There's no guarantee that he'll still be here. Alfonso McKinney has an un- non-guaranteed contract. Because of the lack of depth at the small forward, pretty sure he's sticking around. But that's another option. That's another potential scenario where they save some money and open up another roster spot. The problem is Alfonso McKinney's making a pretty low amount of money for NBA standards that he'll most likely stick around. But I'm just saying, if something came up where they thought there was a better option, 
for that roster spot, he would be the one to go. Damian Jones, you know, you know how high I am on him. I'll never give up on him. Actually, I'm getting kind of close, but he's making about two million. If they replay, if they were able to trade his salary to someone, some teams willing to take it on, that would save them money by replacing his two million with a, a minimum contract. So it's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts, a lot of things up in the air. And I also didn't mention Sean Livingston for a couple different reasons. He's not going to be on the team next year. We all love Sean, but they can't pay him $7 million. And whether he gets traded or they just have to cut him, he's not going to be on the team, which sucks. But that's, that's the life of the NBA. So that's the 13 players so far, and I did not mention Smilagich either because I believe he will be a two-way player, Alan Smilagich, the second rounder, because they're going to want him to spend most of the season down in Santa Cruz anyways, developing down there. So it would save him money to not sign him to the main team, and then you you can still keep his rights with a two-way contract as well. Now, with 13 players on the roster, they could add at least one more. They could add two more. But let's assume they're going to add one, leave that 14th spot open. There's still some options out there. Nothing too crazy, but players capable of contributing, at least. Uh, Justin Holiday still a free agent. Lance Stevenson. Stanley Johnson, a guy who would definitely fit the youth movement. He's 23 years old. Uh, one hell of a defender. Offensively struggles, but definitely could be an addition. Justin Anderson, same sort of situation as Stanley Johnson. Uh, Amon Shumpert, I don't know if I mentioned him already. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. So there's options out there, but I would say it has to be a wing. You got to keep adding wings, plural, or at least one, because you barely have any. So that's where the roster's at right now. Still some movement uh, possible. So we'll have to wait and see, but... In the way they've had to scramble, I think they've done a hell of a job putting together a roster so far. Going to take one more break, come back. I want to talk about the Andre Guadalla trade, and then there's also some summer league action going on and a former Warriors in a situation that I find rather humorous. I think you all will, too. That's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What up? (laughs) Uh, One thing I wanted to talk about just briefly, and I don't think I need to preface it, but I will. Like, you all know my, my love for Andre Guadalla and what he brought to this team and You know, he deserves to have his jersey retired, and we'll get the statue and everything. He's as big a part of those championships as anyone. And just as validating the Warriors when he came over. When a major free agent decided to sign with the Golden State Warriors, it was Andre Guadalla. 
But I've also seen some people like, oh, the Warriors did him dirty. They did him wrong, blah, blah, blah. Not the case at all. This is life in the NBA, people. The Warriors had a chance to get a 23-year-old all-star in exchange for a 36-year-old, you know, bench player who was making $17 million, by the way. It's just how it goes. Now, I can't help but wonder if Clay was healthy, if they didn't know that Clay was going to be out for, you know, almost the entire season, would they have had Andre stick around? Who knows? Who knows what the case may be? But the bottom line is, that's a move you make almost every time. And as much as I love Andre and what he brought to the Warriors, you know, he's about to turn 36. Has also said he doesn't know how much longer he's going to play. Was making $17 million. He did have a good year last year, but no one did him dirty. There was nothing shady about any of this. It's just life in the NBA, and it sucks. It can suck sometimes, but no one did anything wrong in regards to Andre Iguodala. That's that's for damn sure. You know, he played hardball to get that seventeen million, to get that third year guaranteed, and he got it. And you knew that this was going to be something that could happen in that third year. You know, when Sean Livingston had a partial guarantee in his third year, you figured, all right, well, there's an out, and that's kind of what we're seeing. So, anyways. It's it's tough. Going to miss him. But, you know, that's, like I said, life in the NBA. Uh, we did have some Summer League action. I don't want to get too much into it because you're not going to learn a ton from Summer League. But I will just say, you know, just real quick of the draft picks. Um, Jacob Evans and Kai Bowman, who, you know, Jacob Evans wasn't a draft pick this year. He was first-rounder last year. And Kai Bowman, who, it's weird. I've heard from one source that he's their two-way player, but then also from no one else. So I assume he's one of their two-way players. I'm just going to run with that until I hear otherwise. But Kai Bowman, the point guard out of Boston College, I think, him and Jacob Evans, their defense is legit. It's real. It's NBA-level defense. Uh, When you watch Kai Bowman, you understand the comparison that Bob Myers made to Patrick Beverly, just a, a bulldog. Just, and that's how you have to be when you're his size. He's only six one, and similar to Patrick Beverly, to Kyle Lowry, to uh, Chris Paul. Even though he's not as thick as them, that's why the Beverly comparison is is more apt. Uh, the just guy gets after it. Jacob Evans' defense is for real as well, which is part of why when everyone talks about how bad the Warriors' defense is going to be next year, look, it's not going to be as good as it has been but they still have a couple of guys who can defend pretty damn well, and and Jacob Evans is going to be one of them. Uh, Eric Paschal, the second-rounder power forward, that guy is skilled and just plays. He's just a friggin' ball of fire. I'm excited to watch him and Draymond uh, basically spontaneously combust on the court because they get too hyped. Uh, but he's skilled, too. He knocked down a couple threes in his last game, has some uh, skill inside the arc as well. He's pretty explosive off of two feet. He's going to be a contributor for sure, and he's fun to watch also. Uh, First-round pick, Jordan Poole. In two games, he is 4 of 20, 1 from 11 from 3. The, the sharpshooter that they went out and got. 
Now, of course, look, it's two games in Summer League, and it only matters if he starts knocking them down during the regular season. But it's not a great start. He went 3 of 12 in his first game, 0 of 6 from 3. Second game, 1 of 8, 1 of 5 from 3. But also, the shot looks smooth. He is He's smooth coming off of screens and stuff like that. He'll definitely fit uh, certain things that the Warriors do, but just the shooting numbers to start aren't great. And one more thing on Jacob Evans uh, mentioning that, you know, the Warriors are looking to move him to point guard. He's had 10 turnovers in his first two games. So I I don't know if that's going to work out. But it might not need to with Jordan Poole and now D'Angelo Russell, and we'll see what happens with Quinn Cook. The last thing I want to mention, because I find it humorous, some people might not, Patrick McCaw. And you know what? Maybe I should just get over it, and you guys tell me if I should. Hit me up on Twitter at CTH415, but I can't. He, unless you guys tell me to. <laughs> I, I just have a major problem with what, how he left the Warriors, what he did. Uh, it was kind of some crybaby, you know, BS that he pulled. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to do it if you're a 10-year vet in a bad situation, but to do it as a second-year, second-round pick uh, to turn down, you know, a lot of money that he probably wasn't worth it. Whatever. Anyways. I don't have to I don't have to tell you what happened with him, but he's on the Toronto Raptors right now. And one of the reasons he said, you know, he he left is because he wanted a bigger role. I wanted to run some pick and roll and ball handle and this and that and get opportunities. And what I find funny is first off, he would have had a solid role with the Warriors last year. He probably would have taken over for Sean Livingston at a certain point uh during the season, but we all know what he decided to do instead. But on top of that, this upcoming season, he would have gotten exactly what he wanted. He would have been the backup point guard. He would have been handling the ball. He would have been running pick and roll. Because that's one of the things that the Warriors have said is with Willie Cauley-Stein and D'Angelo Russell, they're going to be running a lot more pick and roll with Steph also. And so it's just funny to me that his impatience and kind of his, his temper tantrum that he threw to get out of Golden State – uh, has landed him as the 14th man on the Toronto bench, where if he had just accepted the, the the nice contract the Warriors offered him and the great situation he was in, he'd be getting exactly what he wants. So, I don't know. I found it funny. Maybe I mean, maybe I need to get over it. But it's just, it's also true. So, there you go. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back. Later this week with another episode of Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth, right? You got to go over the rough spots. (laughs) Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.